You're listening to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast, a podcast created by supporters for supporters of the Austin Elite, a major league rugby team located in Austin, Texas in the United States. We are not officially affiliated with the Elite. We are merely big supporters of the club and the sport of rugby. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm a former rugby player and a longtime rugby fan who wanted to bring weekly updates on the team, the matches, supporter events, and to do what I can to teach more people about the game of rugby. As a disclaimer, content may occasionally contain explicit language, as I do not censor the podcast in the interest of time and full effect. Enjoy the podcast. everyone, and welcome back to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast, your only source for all things Austin Elite Rugby. Coming to you once again with full voice this week and feeling much better than I did last week. Thank you for all the well wishes, as it's always great to hear from you and to talk rugby with you, whether by text or by this podcast. It's a busy week with another great interview taking you further behind the scenes of our Major League Rugby team. I think I'll hold off once again on Rugby 101 this week. Recently, some people have wanted me to talk about the recent matches and the upcoming matches and provide longer interviews now that, you know, we've had a brief education in the game of rugby. So, here we are, once again, this week, back to talk about rugby. And what a week of rugby it was for the Elite. The game this past weekend was uh, exciting, entertaining, tough, heartbreaking, and uh, I I think I just had to say it was gut-wrenching, all in a matter of about 80 minutes. So, let's talk about the game a bit in detail. Going into the match, Nola Gold was sitting atop the table and the most prolific scoring team in MLR. Of course, we sat at the bottom, giving up the most points in the league this season. And all the writers and broadcasters had slotted Nola to dominate our elite. And the match started off well for Nola. They struck first through Tim Moppin, and it took a 7-0 lead. Austin's defense stepped it up a little bit after that, and stopped a J.P. Eloff run really four meters from the try line. Rodrigo Silva was able to clear under the pressure, but Nola quickly took the ball, spun it out to the left side of the attack, but, man, so he'll, he intercepted Scott Gale's pass and took it 85 meters for the try. Mikel Romero then slotted home the six to level the match all at seven. More strong attacking came from Nola, and as we know, their line breaks... And J.P. Eloff, they they really put a hurting on us. Eloff took a loose ball, then offloaded to Scott Gale, who was thankfully run down by Sohiel, and driven into the touchline one meter from the try. Austin then, of course, had a five-meter scrum, but unfortunately, the ball wasn't controlled at the back and went into the end goal, and scrum half Holden Younger for the Nola Gold pounced on top of it for a try, 
and Eloff converted to take the lead to 14-7. to It's an unfortunate play. There were lots of questions about what happened and a bit of frustration. After watching it over and over again, it did seem like maybe there was a kick by the tight head prop, but uh, we'll, we'll let it go. It's just something that needs to happen. Once the ball comes out of the back of a scrum, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's open play, and, you know, Younger was quick to attack and quick to pounce on it. So unfortunately, 14-7 to was the score. Austin continued to push, but unfortunately, we had another penalty, which has hurt us in the past, and Nola elected to kick for touch rather than going for goal. That line-out resulted in Hubert Boyden's scoring after a few pick-and-goes. Nola took a commanding 21-7 lead and was showing the power that we have seen from them all year. They had great frontline play. Their backline was synced up and doing quite well. However, after a penalty by Nola, Austin kicked for territory, and soon after that, Nola got a scrum. However, the result of that scrum led to Austin taking the ball back, spinning the ball out wide right, and Ben Mitchell, man, Big Ben, powered over the line once again just before the halftime whistle. Romero's conversion, however, drifted wide, leaving the score at 21-12, to and we went into halftime down 9. It was a good first half. We played decent. There were times that we showed our attacking prowess. We showed our ability to hold the scrum more intact than we had in previous games. But we kept losing our composure. We had a couple bad penalties and a couple knock-ons, which left the door wide open for Nola to take that lead. It was really contested with speed of the back line from both sides, though. And that run by Sohil was fantastic. But we went into the second half, and Nola struck first with a break by Kyle Bailey, who offloaded to Con Foley for the team's fourth try. That gave him the bonus point. J.P. Eloff slotted home the conversion for a 28-12 lead. And really, Austin appeared to be on the verge of scoring a try on a counterattack after a break by Travis Larson and then Rodrigo Silva, but unfortunately, Moe knocked the ball on in contact just prior to the try line. And this seems like a thing that's been happening all season. We get so close and so close and so close, but we always knock the ball on or we have a penalty. However, Austin continued to pressure. And a really smart chip over the line by Romero was caught by Rodrigo Silva for a real beautiful try. I mean, the timing on that was perfect. Romero slotted home the kick to cut the lead back to 28-19. to Austin then pressured more and scored on a try from close range by Juan Echeverria and a conversion by Andres Villaseca to narrow the gap to four points at 28-26. That gave Austin a bonus point for their fourth try of the match. And for the first time all season, Austin got a bonus points for tries. That's four tries in a match for those of you who are unfamiliar. And once again, Austin came racing back just after the restart when Andres Villaseca broke the Nola line, offloaded to Sohil, and darted for a try to give Austin a 31-28 lead, but Villaseca's conversion was missed. So there's seven minutes remaining. Nola spurned a chance to tie the match up with a penalty goal attempt, and they went to a lineout. 
Again, the Elite got penalized close to a try line, but Gale ended up kicking the ball through the end goal into touch to give Austin a 22 dropout. Nola came back on the attack quickly, but a knock-on turned the ball over back to the Elite for a scrum just outside the 22-meter line with just two minutes left. We held strong. We won the scrum. We had a couple rucks, and Marcelo Torrealba cleared the ball with a box kick, and Nola countered quickly from the breakdown. After a few phases, Michael Basca broke through to score a game-winning try and give Nola a 35-31 victory. Ugh. <laughs> uh, this is so tough. Really, the recap doesn't do the game and the performance justice. But you want to talk about an excruciatingly painful loss? It doesn't get any tougher than that. We played so, so well. And I know, I wrote in the comments that I watched the last play over and over and over and over again. Which I did, because there was not only a knock-on around the 50-meter line, but there were two subsequent forward passes. However, it wasn't called. And the game ended as it did. And if there was a TMO, or television match official, that existed in MLR, they might have called it back. But then, they might have called Ben's try before halftime back. Nola showed how dangerous on attack they were. But we also showed really how potent our attack can be. I mean, we had some amazing tries, amazing line breaks. Andres, he broke the line two or three times, so heel was outstanding. And really, there was some great play all around. A couple things hurt us, as they always do. The Elite had a blistering scoring period starting around the 57th minute when we scored three unanswered tries in 10 minutes. If that doesn't tell you what we are capable of, I don't know what does. With 10 minutes left to play, we were up by three points. All we had to do was be patient and hold tight and continue to try to crash ball. We held Nola. And I feel as though after we forced that scrum in our own half, that the crash ball would have helped us. And we could have run the clock out. I don't think kicking it away was the best option, but that's rugby. I don't blame anyone. And I am so proud of our lads. Listen. We are a young team. And there's nothing but good things to come as we build on the team. I'm willing to guess that we are the youngest team in Major League Rugby. And that's just going to mean more experience and more cohesion as we continue to build and get stronger. We are still dealing with the issues of getting our players' visas cleared, and there's nothing that we can do about that. We just need to keep on pushing forward and keep on working harder. With the win, Nola improved to 6-1, maintained first place with 31 points. And the Elite played their best rugby of the season. And that's back-to-back -back games where we're continually improving and getting better. But our 0-8 record does not show how good we are. We have just four points 
how close our games have been and how hard we have played, we could easily have four to five wins this season. I have that confidence. I know that our team is that good. On to the next week. This weekend, Austin take on Rugby United New York. And we have a special home location this week. We'll be at Toyota Field in San Antonio. The field is a great pitch for San Antonio's United Soccer League team. And I think they will show Major League Rugby a great time hosting us there. Rooney comes into the match in second place. And again, will be a tough challenge for us. They have the ability to score quickly at the break line. They also do not commit handling errors, which means we need to maintain our discipline and look to poach balls. I look to Mo this week to continue to pester the Rucks as he continues to improve his stolen ball count. Also, Rooney has one of the best packs in Major League Rugby, but over the past weeks, when with some new scrum coaching, we've been able to shore up our forwards. So, don't be surprised if you see the elite start to take it to New York when we pack down. The team lineup this week looks really good, and I'm excited about it. But, as has been the case for most of the season, we have a few players injured. So let's take a look at the starting 15. The Rome White comes back in at loose head prop, proving himself this last week against Nola, showing that he is one of the up-and-coming forwards. Tiana Rasmus slots in at hooker. Juan Echevarria goes to the tight head side. Of course, we have Captain Ben Mitchell and Vice Captain Josh Larson slotting in at four and five, our lock positions. We have Rakis at six. Moe's slotting in at seven. That's your open side and your blind side flankers for those of you who are fairly new to the game. Travis Larson closes out the pack at eight. Raquel Romero starts again at nine. That's our scrum half. Rodrigo Silva at 10. Sione gets in at 11 this week. And we have Andres Villaseca slotting in at 12. We're excited that JP Aguirre is back at 13 after... Uh, being away last week for family. And Aiden McMullen gets his first start of the season at 14. And of course, Soheel, once again, back there at 15 at our fullback position. He is really looking solid. Big shout out to Larome and Soheel last week, who were a part of the MLR Team of the Week. It's their first nomination. And of course, Ben Mitchell, once again, the stalwart back there making the team of the week again for the, I want to say it's the fifth time or so. So I urge you to watch the game. You know, expect rugby, New York. Expect Rooney to have the edge and set pieces, but they have changed their hooker and they will be tested with early line out throws. They do play expansive rugby and elects to score more tries, but we think that we can kind of compete with that. We need to make sure that we continue to tackle strong, stay onside, not lose our composure, and work on our handling errors. If we can maintain our possession, we get more line breaks, and if we can penetrate and if we can penetrate that defense, we can take that chance to win up even higher. 
We took it to the number one team last week. We took it to Seattle in the first 30 minutes the week before. I hope that this week is the week that we turn it around and that we really show everybody what we can do. That's all for this week's recap of the game last week and the look ahead for the game to come. It's now time once again to have our interview of the week. And I really look forward to sharing this with you. I do hope that you enjoy this week's interview. Every week, we are the only place to get real interviews with the Austin Elite team. This week, we have a very special guest. We will give the players a week off for sweating my questions and rapid fire. And we welcome to the podcast CEO and owner of the Austin Elite, Terry Dupont. Terry, thanks for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. So now, Terry, um, you're there from the start of Austin Elite. But really, how did you happen to get from France to Austin and then being part of, you know, one of the first teams in Major League Rugby? Okay, so it's long story short and we can spend a lot of time on that. But um, so basically, I used to work in action sport and in sport all of my life. I used to play rugby in France when I was younger. And in 2008, 2009, uh, I met my future wife on the plane when I was going to Hawaii, you know, to... To, to walk in the action sport because surfing, uh, you know, like it's the mecca of surf, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I used to go there like quite a lot, you know, for my job. Uh, and one day, you know, I met my wife and we decided that we wanted to live together. So I went to, to, to and I moved to Hawaii in uh, 2009. And when I arrived to Hawaii, I was really thinking, you know, like, okay, great. I will be able to surf every day. <laughs> so on the third week, you know, when I was there, I, I ran into like a, a French girl, you know, in Hawaii. That's, and she told me like she was playing rugby. I did not even believe it, you know, like because rugby was a big part of my life before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming to Hawaii, I didn't expect, you know, especially in the U.S., you know, to, to find too much rugby. And so she told me, you know, like there's this rugby club, you should go and you should look. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, like Hawaii is in the middle of the Pacific. The Pacific is really the heart of rugby, you know, with New oh, Zealand, absolutely. Australia, even Japan and everything. So it totally makes sense. So I start to play over there, you know, for for a few, few years, you know, and I really like rediscovered the sport and I totally saw like the potential, you know, like the potential of player, the potential of athletes. And I say, why we don't have rugby and professional rugby in the US? So what can I do to develop it? So in around like 2014, 15, you know, like I decided, you know, to, to move back from Hawaii and come back, you know, to, in the US and try to find, you know, a few places and the right people to say, let's make rugby professional in the US. So I met uh, people from different states and, and different places, different clubs. And I received an amazing welcome from the people in Austin. And we decided that Austin could be a great place to start. So that's how I'm, uh, I started to work with the hands and I play for the hands. And thanks to Kirk Tett and other people that helped me and I came to, to Austin and we started, you know, like this uh, amazing adventure. Oh, wow. I, I had no idea that you actually played for the Huns as well. So that's, uh, that's a new, new tidbit that we can. <laughs> I almost played for the Blacks too, but I went to the Huns first and they have been, you know, like very good and very nice with me. And that's how I started. 
Nice. So what position did you play throughout your, uh, your career as, as, as a rugby player? So when I was in Europe, I was playing more like center or fullback, but when I came mm-hmm. to the U S you know, we had like, with more like a European, you know, like, you know, like, the, like, like, um, how do you say that? You know, like experience, you know, like I want to play fly half, you know, when I, when oh, I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and my time playing, I definitely uh, played with some lads who said, Oh yeah, I, I play outside center or something, but I can play fly half. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've seen the sport of rugby go in the grow in the past few years here in the U S and for those that you still have close communication with outside the U S you know, how, how are they viewing this rapid growth of rugby? But they from are, an outsider's perspective, from outside of the U.S., which is amazing, is they are viewing the rugby as the you know, and especially the U.S. have like the last you know El Dorado for rugby. You know, this is the last place where rugby is not a professional sport or was not a professional sport, I will say. And now you know, like, and you can see, as I'm sure you saw the article to do today or a few days ago, but like the Scottish Union investing in in you know, like Washington D.C. is like. Every people outside of the U.S. want to invest inside the, the new Major League Rugby because they believe this is the last El Dorado and they believe, you know, that it can be something big in the future. So everyone wants to come. For us, it's amazing, you know, if we look at like all the PR and advertising that we have, we are in the biggest magazine outside of the U.S. In France, we have massive coverage. But you, and you were there, you know, a few, few, few weeks ago, you know, at the international school where my kids are. 60 mm-hmm. minutes was there, you know, from France to film, you know, like a full uh, TV show around, you know, like the, the emerging of rugby in the US, which, you know, like in the US, we don't have yet this type of coverage. So yeah, we are really correct. working on that. But outside of US, a lot of things are are coming, like big investors are coming into the major league rugby from outside of the US. Yeah. And, and you said, you know, you know, we talked about kind of some of that with you know, the Scottish Rugby Union. For those of you who are not aware, it just announced that they're uh, in a joint partnership with uh, Washington, D.C.'s expansion team, kind of old glory. And, you know, that's that is it's, it's a huge step for us. So, uh, you know, any you know, are you at liberty to say if Austin has been approached or in negotiations with different professional teams or, or federations right now? Yes, we have been in touch with a different group in Europe, uh, and we had group from like that has been professional rugby team. We have been mm-hmm. in touch with different federation. We have been in touch with fans, um, and we are still, you know, like in discussion with some of them. We just sure. closed um, one one new partnership. Uh, they are actually from South Africa, but they live here in the U.S. and they develop academy in the U.S. Okay. And they just bought some minority ownership with us and they are going to invest in academy with us. Oh, that's great. That's really great. So obviously, you know, it was great that MLR got season one and it went really well. And obviously now we're at season two. We added two more teams in Toronto and New York and we're continuing to grow. Next year we get New England, um, we get DC and uh, Atlanta, I believe. Um, where do you see kind of the growth of Major League Rugby going? Is there a, a cap on the number of teams or uh, <laughs> is it going to be like the US, you know, like every other US league that has like 30 teams? Is that kind of the stopping point for us in Major League Rugby? Yes. So basically over time, we do believe like the sweet spot, you know, for like any leagues in the U.S. And just like we're not creating this number, we just look at what do 
the big five, you know, like the, 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 the number is between 28 to 30 teams. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like, and when you talk about us, we including Canada with us. So that's give us, you know, like the North American numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to expand too fast, but we need to find the sweet spot that can work also for the media, right? So for the media, right, you know, like if you are like too small, you're not interesting for them, you know, so we need to find the right spot in terms of team that can cover enough, you know, of like the, the big, you know, like media city mm-hmm. and, and, and having a good number. So we are going to move to 12 team next year. Yep. And with these 12 teams, you know, like we are going to slow down after that. So we may in the next two years after move to maybe 14, but after that, we definitely, you know, like stay at a certain level because it will also give more value, you know, to each teams, you know, because, you know, more people wants to come in. Like if you want to know right now, the price point, you know, for a new team to come in the league and to buy in is at 4 million. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when we started, we were all at half a million dollars, you know, so the value grow every time that's a new team come in. So if we wait and if we are able, you know, to, to create the demand, you know, like the value of the team continue to, to go up as well. Well, that's great. And I think that's something that, you know, a little bit of insight for, for those that are listening, you know, beyond just the, you know, regular game stats and things uh, to know that, you know, the growth of Major League Rugby is really happening. There's a lot of interest in what we're trying to do. Um, and, you know, if you think about some of the other, you know, uh, leagues around the world that you talk about like super rugby, which has just started off recently, you know, they, they were, they were the super 14 to start off with. And then they added a couple more, but it took them a long time. So I definitely understand that and definitely respect that, um, you know, from a, from a growth standpoint for the entire major league rugby system. And in terms of growth, it's very important for us. We are totally aware that we don't have enough players in the U S yet, you know, so it's mm-hmm. very important you know, to grow, but be able also to grow, you know, like behind just us, we are the tip of the pyramid, but we need to, to build and grow this pyramid and make sure that we have youth and academy and, and high school that continue to develop the sport so we can have access to more players, you know, like all goal, you know, like I can hear a lot of people say, Oh, Austin and Texas team and everything right now, you have a lot of foreigner player. There's a reason for that. It's because, you know, like we don't, you know, like have enough, you know, like talent, you know, like locally, you know, to, 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 to bring the level where we want to be. So that's yeah. something very important for us. No. And I, and I think that's, that's absolutely true. And I, and I definitely, you know, understand that approach, you know, uh, resoundingly. I think it's something that I've seen, you know, since I played many years ago is, you know, the change in the youth system here in the U S has been great. And I think that's something that we, we hope that continues to grow for sure. Um, so, you know, let's, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about our team. Um, let's a little more focused on that. You and I, you know, we've, we've had many conversations kind of, uh, back and forth and we both stated that, uh, you know, it's been heartbreaking on many occasions and, I, and, I, and, and really and last week's game and the week before it, oh, just cr- crush, crushing my soul. Sometimes it felt like, um, but you know, the listeners would love to hear from you. What's been your take on the season so far? So on the season so far, take if, of course we are disappointed, you know, like we are disappointed by where we are right now because I believe that there's at least four games that we should have win, you know, like three games for sure, four games, you know, almost, you know, like if we really look mm-hmm. at it. Um, 
uh, part of that it's also you know like uh, our preseason that has been very hectic we didn't have all the players on the time that we wanted so we basically started all the preseason with 14 players so when you know that a group you need to be between 30 to 35 it's been you know like complicated because every time we add a new player we need to to give him the time you know to adjust with the new team and and when you have like player coming after week after week after week just like I give you a scoop today a uh, lot of people announced it before it's going to be announced next week but we have like this player from Racing 92 playing professional it takes seven months to have his visa and his visa has been just uh, approved today so it's just like it's been very chaotic for us on this part so we, we try to do a best on it uh, it didn't you know like happen the way that we wanted and on top of that we have few injuries and players that we were thinking that they would be ready a little bit earlier and they still are not so so yeah. that you know like it's hard because you know like for the for for the coaches you know like when every week you just have 23 players to work with you know you can't create any competition between the player you are healthy good you yeah, this yeah. So <laughs> that's what's happening so um, yeah it's not even two full squads to kind of go no. up against one another at, at the same time. So that, that definitely is tough. That's so for it's sure. tough, but we, we also here to build a future, you know, and we know that the, the good things is there's no relegation and everything. We are trying to build the culture and the future. And every week you see some new, you know, like progression. You know, I think like people have been shocked about the game last week. We were confident that we can do something good because we know the quality of our players. We just need to continue to gel and make it, you know, and, and we did a, a mistake, a stupid mistake, you know, at the end of the game where we should have keep the ball. And, and because we are a young team and we sometimes, you know, we lost a little bit control, but we were working. You know, if this guy yeah. can play like that now, imagine, you know, like when they will have a little bit more experience altogether. The future is bright. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and I think you you may have been uh, listening to my podcast before I even released it out to everybody because that's really one of the comments that I said is you know if, if you go back and you look at the Seattle game um, we we played really out that that first twenty minutes that first thirty minutes we were outstanding and we showed the quality that we could play at and you had tailed off a little bit towards the end but we kept holding and you know Seattle was a top scoring team Nola also a top scoring team and you know I've talked with a lot of the Nola supporters and you know they said man we should have lost that you guys are an outstanding team and there's no reason that we should ever hold our heads down on that because you know you look at our lads and they came back and for a you know short you know stint there they scored three unanswered tries and you know, we scored the most tries we've had all season and like you said they're gelling together and really we haven't had the same lineup you know all at one time because of you know the rugby championship and things like that but you know now that we'll start get all the guys back together hopefully this will be kind of that start uh, you know hopefully uh, we are we are all like on, on the same you know like hop you know we are trying our best to, to keep everyone healthy and to have like people you know getting quit as soon as possible in the team and, and yes you know like it's it's not easy you know when you have like a lot of new players and young players as well you know like to to gel together so but yeah. i can tell you one thing is like the team and each player they are putting their best effort every day. And really they have one vision is they see that they can make it happen. And every game it will be tougher and tougher for the other teams, you know, to, to, to make a result against us. It will yeah. be complicated. And, 
And, good and I think you, you'll see you see that in the you know the MLR team of the week where you know well you have you know, the, the stalwart Ben Mitchell who's I think he's there every every week because well Ben Ben's just fabulous and we love Ben and you know but Larome got in there for the first time and so he got in because so he'll just you know what four carries for 140 meters or so like it, it was it was mind blowing but it's been it's been great to see that sort of response from that that game against Nola so um, you know. We've had a lot of challenges on the field, but, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, but I'd love to know. And if you're willing to share, what have been some kind of the, the front office challenges, you know, that, that you've had this season? The front office challenging this season is like first, you know, like, you know, being a team from the South, you know, like having all our game backs to backs at the beginning of the season is not very easy mm-hmm. for us because we, we, we know the pressure that we put, we put on our different, you know, like, uh, Supporters, you know, when you have to come five, you know, games in a row, you know, like at the same place, you know, we know that it's it, it, it's 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 a big effort, you know, it's, and that doesn't help, you know, it's uh, but we didn't have choice, you know, like first, you know, like I, and I think that I want to give you some some, some feedback. It's just like people say why you didn't play at the same place like last year. It just, uh, the problem is we couldn't have access to the same field last year, you know, because they needed for, for that tournament. And so they wanted us to play on the artificial turf and we say, why not? But you know, we had to pay $60,000 just to put new goalposts because it's an artificial turf. And when we saw the price, we say doesn't make even any, any sense, you know, for us. So on the business wise, we, we need to take, you know, like some, so, so some decision and, and at the price that we needed to, to make sure that we can upgrade, you know, like the field to make it, you know, like rugby and also for the yeah. sponsor and for, and for you, all the supporters, you know, it will cost more than just rent Dell Diamond. So we decided yeah. to go to Dell Diamond. They wanted us for a long time. The, the problem with Dell Diamond is they have also a baseball season that, and especially this year, <laughs> the 20 years, they become against the Astros, you know, so, we need to work in their timeline. So the idea yeah. was how we can make it happen there. So we had to play all our game, you know, almost back to back to back at the beginning of the season. But yeah. when you are like in this massive stadium, we love it, you know, like it's, it looks professional and everything, but 11,000 seat stadium is very complicated because even if you have 3,000 people, it looks empty. <laughs> We've made that comment a few times on here yeah. saying like, listen, it's, it's, it's not that there's not a lot of people there. It's just, it, it's the, it's the largest stadium in major league rugby. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, again, we know that the problem in Austin right now, there is no stadium that like exactly the size or exactly, you know, where we can find the size of both what we would be ideal for us. So when sure. you see, you know, like Seattle and, and, and let me know that, you know, let's tell you that they do an amazing job over there already, you know, like yeah. they are very good and they do an amazing job. We, co- we work a lot with them to understand also their strategy and to make us better, but they have like a 3,500 seat stadium. So even if you have 1,600 people in the stadium at the beginning when they started, they look already full. So, you know, like this is in stadium is like when, you, you know, like the other part is the 50%. So when your 50% mm-hmm. is 1,600 people to get in the stadium, it's way easier than when it's 5,500, you know, to achieve. You know, <laughs> so, uh, but this is, you know, we have to, we knew that and we have to work with, you know, what we have. And for us, you know, like it's just how we can make it better every time and how we can bring it, you know. So yeah. we are here for the long run and, and we are working on different solutions. 
And, but we, we, that, that's like the stadium and this, you know, like we have on one side an amazing facility. On the other side, it was like a very big facility. So how we can make more people into the stadium, you know, and how we can help also on the schedule, uh, you know, to make sure that it's not back to back to back, you know, and, and stretch, you know, like our, our supporters that, that, that's something that we are working on already for next year. Yeah, well, that's great. So, you know, real quick, kind of talking a little bit about the stadium. Do we have plans for next year's home field at this point or still kind of early stages, given that, you know, all of our games, our, our home games, you know, obviously we're playing this weekend in San Antonio, which is great at Toyota Field. And, you know, if you haven't gotten tickets yet to go to that, by all means, please go and do that. That's going to be a great game down there. But you know, for this cup, this coming year in the next year, um, are we still looking to partner with Dell diamond or are we still kind of up in the air on that? No, we, we, we still like, you know, like we have actually, you know, like a, a meeting with them, you know, like next week. And, um, that's very important to continue to, to talk with them and, and to feel, you know, like what is there, you know, they, they love the atmosphere. They love the, the people over there and they think that was great for them. So they really want us to come back. Uh, on our side, we need to see what are the other options. You know, we have been approached, you know, by, by different, you know, like, um, players, I would say, you know, like in Austin and outside of Austin mm -hmm. that, you know, see the rugby growing and they want to, to see what we can do together. We need for us, we, we want to find a place where, you know, like we, we can recreate like a, an amazing atmosphere and, and I don't yeah. want to change home every week and I don't want to change home every year. We yeah. want to give you a place where you recognize it, you feel good in it, and, and we can grow from that. That's very important for us. Yeah. So how hard has it really been to promote the game of rugby in, in this football dominated town? Um, you know, do you think Austin will kind of start to change and, and grow beyond football with, you know, the recent addition of both the Austin Bold and the United Soccer League and the soon, soon to be, you know, Austin MLS team in oh, is that 2021, I believe. Yeah, this is 2021. So for us, yes, we, we do believe, you know, like, so if you look at the demographic and people think, you know, like, and that's the numbers is like, we are almost 2 million people, you know, like if we look at Austin and around and they believe by 2029, you know, like the city will be around 4 million people. Uh, so that means, you know, that's an amazing amount of people coming, you know, to Austin every day. And, 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 you know, that means that more people that, you know, like get excited about sport and not only like, you know, like football, you know, like football has been amazing with UT, uh, UT always done an amazing lobbying as well to be sure that they stay, you know, like the sport, you know, in Austin, you know, like <laughs> and, and that's, that's normal, you know, I totally understand that on them. Of course. But uh, I can tell you now that, you know, like between the MLS, the USL and all the other people in sport in Austin, we are all talking together to see how we can make this city a, a better like sports city. So, yeah. so that's, um, that's something that we are looking at it and we want to make sure that we can have like a opportunity to grow. So it's, 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 it takes time. Everything takes time. You need to be step by step and we need to be more in the community and we need to be closer with like the different club in Austin. We need to be closer with the different type of like youth program, you know, like not only in rugby, but globally, you know, just to make sure that people know about the sport.
Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you on a, on a personal level uh, that some people may or may not know who listen to the podcast who I talk to, but um, I have been talking with the guys over at the Austin Anthem who are super and unfortunately, uh, timing wise, it just didn't work out this year. But hopefully next year, we'll start getting some of those guys from the Austin Anthem out to our games. Um, and if you haven't heard of them or know who they are, they, they were a big, big part of bringing the MLS team. So uh, big shout out to the Anthem guys who do. Uh, I do know that they feel and listen to the podcast. So that's great. Um, so stay, stay tuned for that. Um, elite fans, that'll be fun next year too. Hopefully, <laughs> um, uh, this past week, the team uh, published a survey uh, about the brand and identity um, and kind of our thoughts. And, and I, I kind of want to hear from, from you. Um, was this something that you guys had in mind or are there plans in the works that the fans can expect from filling out the survey or is just kind of just seeing where, where we stand with, with the name and, and who we are? So, yes. So the survey, please, you know, for every people that can, you know, do it, you know, take the survey, help us on that. So to give you a little bit of history, uh, be, before to be the Austin Elite Rugby, uh, we were the Austin Hunts Elite when we won, you know, in 2017, you know, with the Hunts, you know, and I was part of the Hunts at that time, you know, like the national championship. And after when we separate to create the professional entity, we didn't want to give another name, you know, we wanted to... To, to, to stay, you know, like there was the Hunts and the Blacks and they are like the two big entities. So we didn't want to bring another name on top of it right away, you know, with a professional team. So we just, you know, kept the elite because it was, you know, part of the name at the beginning. But the goal is it was not to keep this name, you know, since the beginning. And we were in touch with uh, another big group from Europe that, we, you know, and we may have you know, at one point take their name, but we believe that now, you know, like we, we can have a strong brand, you know, for the future. And, mm -hmm. and so we are looking, you know, to really define, you know, what is the brand, what we, what is our culture and where we want to be. And through this survey and through you guys, you know, and that, that's how we will be able, you know, to build it the right way. So this is your time basically, you know, to give you feedback. <laughs> so it can be and feel even more what you want, you know, and that's not what just we want. It's like, this is, this is your team. This is yours. So let us yeah. know what you want. And, 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 and we are listening. Yeah. And, and for those who haven't gone on to fill out the, the questionnaire, it's, it's really not that long. It, it'll tell you a little bit about what, what they're looking for in the questions, but I, I filled it out myself. Uh, I, I'm sure they read my, my responses and, and I don't know if they're going to talk to me again, but, uh, <laughs> uh no, they're, they're, they're good responses. And I, I think if you're honest and open about what's going to, about what you want the team to be and, and what, you know, what you feel about the brand right now, um, it, everybody takes it to, you know, in good taste and says, okay, this is, this is what we're working towards. So, you know, kind of as, as we start wrapping things up here, you know, you and I have talked a lot, Terry, about the, um, the supporters group from the first days when, when we first started launching it. And, and I greatly appreciate really how open you've been and how, how the communication has just been really free flowing from you on a lot of different things. I, I'd love to hear from you and your experiences with other kind of rugby clubs around the world. Um, where would you like to see the supporters group grow to? I think, you know, the supporters group is going to grow the way that you want to bring it to, you know, like it's just like we want to see, you know, what is, you know, like Central Texas uh, and Austin all about, you know, like a mixity, you know, like it's, it's like a mix, 
melting pot, let's say, you know, like it's, uh, you know, like it's mixed, you know, we want to see people that don't know rugby and they just discover and they feel, you know, this is the most amazing sport, you know, and they want to be part of it. We want to see you coming, you know, with ideas and chant and, and, and events that you want to create all around, you know, like, and, and that, you know, it, it needs to come from you and, and we want you to bring it and build, you know, this group the way that you, you want it because you are the culture. You are, you know, the people from the city. You are the people that, you know, like we create what we will be in the future, you know, and, and, and that is important. And, and what is very important, I will say after for me more personally, is just like, I truly believe like the value of our sport are phenomenal. People don't, don't, don't know yet too much, you know, like outside, you know, like most of the people, they think about rugby in the USA. Or, oh, I, I used to have a buddy that was in the rugby team in college and they were the craziest like, beer drinker and they were like the craziest party. And, and rugby is like, yes, you know, we do like our beers and we do like, you know, fun, but it's way more beyond that, you know, it's like the respect, Absolutely. the discipline, the teamwork, which is like great value for companies, great value for human beings. And grand values, you know, for I'm looking at my kids and for tomorrow, you know, like if like I had friends for life because of what give, rugby gave me. And if I can give back to that and if we the supporter groups can support this value and if we can all push this value outside and people understand that rugby is just more than just a sport, I think that will be a great success for all of us. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, it's you know, for me and kind of doing everything and, and even doing this podcast has been, has been quite astonishing. You know, the friends that I've made so far and I talk, I talk with John, um, <laughs> quite often actually. Uh, and, and I think that that's something that's, that's really wonderful. And, you know, as we continue to grow and we're almost at 400 people and, and we, we think about, we only started this, what, almost nine weeks ago now, and, and we're getting close to about 400 people into our group. Um, I really appreciate everybody's time and thoughts and, and, and communication they've had with me. And Terry, obviously we, we thank you guys in the front office because you have been there to talk with us, to let us know what's going on, to inform us about certain things. And, you know, for those who don't know, there's other things that we've talked about at the beginning and you know, changes have happened and things have been great. And we've seen that the open dialogue really does help. So you know, you've taken some time to sit down with us today. Any final thoughts you would like to share with the listeners? Now, final thoughts, I want to, you know, really thank you everyone that came. You know, we had like such a very difficult uh, beginning of season. You know, we had, you know, like bad weather, you know, like we had injuries, <laughs> we had like broken games and, and people still come and still there is like this core group, you know, of people, you know, and and, and I'm, I'm very thankful for all these people that always came to us and give us, you know, advice and give us, you know, like feedback and, and that's the only way that we will grow, you know, and my next thing is like, if you have any school, any group of kids and you want us to help, you know, let us know because that's what we want. We need to expand the sport way beyond, you know, just like the fans and the group of like rugby people, but we need to go and to share these values with like as much as possible as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree more. Like you said, if anybody has a local school or wants to help get involved with local rugby and youth rugby, um, reach out to me, reach out to Terry, reach out to anybody in the supporters group. We're happy to 
to connect you with anybody locally here in Austin. And for people not listening in Austin, if you're around the country, because I know there are some people, if you have any questions about how to get involved with local rugby communities, by all means, let me know. I'll do my best to put you in touch with anybody that I know in a local rugby community. I've got a, a few old mates that are still out and playing rugby or, you know, a part of a different team around the country. Terry DuPont, owner and CEO of the Austin Elite. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We appreciate it. No, thank you very much. Uh, last one thing that I wanted to say, I wanted to thank also oh, all, the, all the people that they have been behind their screen because I can share with you, we had an average of twenty-two to 25,000 people watching our games on Facebook Watch. And it's like basically the record breaking, you know, in terms of like people watching the games outside of the CBS sports. But that's mm-hmm. the... the, the the number has been amazing. So we have been very pleased with that. And we thank you all of you for that. Yeah. Keep watching, Terry. Thank you again for joining us. We, we do greatly appreciate it. And we look forward to meeting up with you and seeing you down in, uh, in San Antonio on Saturday. Man, I'd really like to thank Terry for joining us. I think it was very insightful. I think that I think we learned more about the team and some of the things that some of us may not realize what's going on behind the scenes. It's just part of what we're trying to do here with the podcast. Not only bring you player biographies, not only bring you more information about some of the team members, but to tell you about what's going on with the club in general. This is our team, as Terry said, and we look to continue to support it. I hope people hear what his message was as we continue to grow the supporters group and rugby in Central Texas. So, it's time to talk about some supporters club things. We've got a big tailgate this weekend for the elite match down in San Antonio. It looks like those guys down there are going to help us throw a great party. If you're looking for us, we've got five big black Austin elite flags flying high. If you want to carry one of them, reach out to some of the guys over at Lake Austin Ales. They've got a couple of support. Make sure you bring them back though, because we're going to use them for another game as well. And we'll work on giving ones out to everybody here soon. That tailgate should be a really great time. Please get in touch with Daryl on the Supporters Club if you've got any information. We look to really have a wonderful time down there at Toyota Field before we go on to cheer the elite. For the upcoming away matches, also exciting news. We are so, so, so close to announcing the venue that we're going to be using for our away matches starting next weekend. I hope that I can announce it soon, but I want to make sure before we confirm anything so I don't get people's hopes up. Lots of good things are going on. If you want to join us on the supporters group and want to help out, we're looking for somebody who really can help out with social media, who can also do some community outreach for us and and help us touch base with local businesses. I'd love to talk to you about something like this. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm happy to talk to you. Bit of note about the podcast. As we continue to add more and more, 
the site that I currently have and I'm currently broadcasting on, um, my free subscription is about to run out. <laughs> and the amount of space that they allow me is getting lower and lower. But what we're going to try to do, I'm going to try to set up a Patreon. If you're not familiar with it, Patreon is a great service that helps artists and different podcasters or videographers make a little bit of money. I'm not looking to make money. That's not fair. What I'm looking to do is get a Patreon set up so that people can donate a few dollars to help support the podcast and to go towards other great things for Oscillate Rugby, like the flags or like supporting you know, local community events such as youth rugby, like we talked about with Terry. I think that's really important for us, and I would love to see you continue to work on that. That's something a supporters group can really help out with. So I'm going to put a link in the description of the podcast for where you can find the link to the Patreon. Give a dollar, give two dollars, give whatever you like. I greatly appreciate it. I hope that we can continue doing this, and I can continue bringing this service to you. If you have any thoughts or questions or things that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me. I think it's, I'm an open book. I, we talked about Rugby 101. If we want to continue to do that, I'm happy to do that too. For me, that's all the time that we have for this episode. It's always a blast. I love talking to you guys. I love talking about rugby. It excites me. I hope that you get excited about some of the games and some of the things that we have going on. The team is looking more and more like that that win is just on the horizon for us. Keep it up. Keep supporting. Keep fighting for the team. Wave those flags high this weekend. Of course, as always, go check out the guys over at Earful of Dirt. There's also a couple other great podcasts that I'm starting to find and get in touch with. They also do a great job covering everything about Major League Rugby. USA Rugby News, that's another site to go check out on Facebook. They do some spectacular coverages of all things Major League Rugby, just like DJCoilRugby.com. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play even, hey, Spotify, and I think we're even on Stitcher. I think I just finished that one. So if you can go check us out, please do. Make sure you like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Join the supporters group. Come out. Support the elite whenever you can. Get in touch. Build the community that we need to build to help support the elite in the future. Just search for Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Group. You're going to find us. Thanks again for hanging out with me every week. My name is Dustin, and we'll see you on the pitch.